0: Welcome to the LearCast by Lear Capital, the precious metals leader. With over $3 billion in trusted transactions, the LearCast aims to keep you informed and aware of precious metals news and events affecting the economy, the dollar, and your savings. Visit our website at learcapital.com. And now, here is your host, Rachel Mills. Welcome to the LearCast. Today is September 26, 2023. This week, I had such a great interview. I'm going to dive right into that. I had the pleasure of discussing economic issues with legendary investor Jim Rogers. We talked money printing and debt. Will it go on forever? What is the stopping condition for all this spending? We talked about agriculture and if he's still bullish on it. Is there a concern about Chinese investors buying up U.S. farmland? Rogers shares thoughts on bricks, a potential rival currency to the U.S. dollar. He says some surprising things about silver. Could we see a silver standard again, if not in the U.S., somewhere else in the world? He also reiterates his best investment advice and what to do if you don't know what to do, and what life advice he gives his teenage daughters. Is it good advice for you or for your kids? The video of this Zoom call is also posted on our YouTube channel and on our Rumble channel if you would prefer to watch. If you'd like to reach out to Lear Capital for your next precious metals purchase, call 1-800-816-5452. Mention this podcast for a no-obligation $500 account credit to help you get started. 1-800-816-5452. Jim Rogers is truly one of the greats, and it was my privilege to spend a little time with him. Take a listen. Thank you, Jim Rogers, for joining me on the LearCast. You're a legendary investor, and today you live in Singapore. And uh, I am delighted to get your insight on the economy and markets today and give us a little insight about what you think about the economy and where things are going. So welcome, welcome.
1: Well, I'm delighted, delighted to be here, Rachel. I'm sure we'll have a good time.
0: Good, good. So uh, first off, I want to talk about the U.S. and money printing. Now the money printing has on has gone on for a very long time now, and our debt has now topped 33 trillion for the first time in history. 33 trillion. And the spending is only going up, it's only continuing, as you know. So I wanted to get your insight if you have any guesses, what would a stopping condition be for the spending? Or can we just continue spending and printing like this forever? forever and ever. What do you think?
1: Well, you say that the US debt is 33 trillion and yes, that is the on balance sheet debt, but the off balance sheet is huge, much, much higher. You know, we have social security debt, veterans debt, the debt goes on and on and on. And that's all off balance sheet, if you will. So the US debt, it accurate to counting and I have not counted it pro- pro- completely but it's over $200 trillion. It will never be paid, Rachel. Uh, Your friends, your children, your grandchildren, nobody's grandchildren will ever pay this debt. And what has always happened in history is countries are visually either print a lot of money or default. The U.S. has no choice, has no way we can pay trillions of dollars of debt.
0: So what's the stopping condition that causes the default? Is it interest rates getting to a certain point? Or what, what would happen for that default to happen? And, and who are we defaulting against? Is it mostly ourselves and our own retirement funds or the world? Or what is that going to look like, do you think?
1: Well, we owe ourselves. We owe the world. We owe reinsurance companies, banks, tri- pension plans. We owe everybody you can incite. The United States is the largest debtor nation in the history of the world.
0: Right. right.
1: No country has ever been this deep in debt in history. So what is the stopping point? That's a very good point. Very good question. Eventually, we're not going to be able to play. What will happen is the value of the money will go down a lot, and people worldwide will stop taking American dollars, Uh, the U.S. will say, here, we'll give you some more and we will print them. But eventually the world's going to say, you know, we've played this game before. We know this is not going to work. We're not going to play with you anymore. And then we default and then you and everybody we know is in trouble.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of people who are thinking about their net worth as far as deposits in their bank account or the value of their retirement funds, they're going to be surprised when that happens and and that value just kind of evaporates possibly. Um, So go ahead.
1: No, you're going to say, I guess some people will be surprised, but you know, this has happened throughout history, Rachel, countries eventually don't pay their bills. They default countries, print money, try to solve the problem that way. And eventually it all just caves in.
0: So you mentioned the world will stop accepting our dollars. Do you think, have you been following the BRICS issue, Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, uh, China, and South Africa, and their meeting last month where there was rumors of them talking about uh, setting up an alternate currency to the dollar? What do you think about that? Is that possible? Is that going to happen eventually?
1: Well, many countries have been, planning or working on something to compete with the US dollar mm-hmm. so far nothing has been successful yet because the US has the reputation and the publicity and the pr to be the number one but more people are now accelerating their search for something to compete with the dollar it's partly it's our own fault you know the US recently has started confiscating, you know, the Russians had war with Ukraine, and so America just took away their their U.S. dollars. The U.S. has taken away, confiscated a lot of countries' money now. They They have confiscated a lot of U.S. dollars now from people we don't like. And so many people are starting to say, wait a minute, it's not supposed to work that way. The world's international currency is supposed to be neutral. Anybody can use it for anything. Mm -hmm. But now Washington doesn't play that way. And if they don't like it, they take it away from you. So more and more people realize that they have to be working on something to compete with the dollar. I don't know what it's going to be. I certainly don't expect it to be the BRICS nations, but somebody is going to come up with something to compete with the U.S. dollar because we, the U.S., are forcing them to find something else.
0: It's become existential for them, really. If you're locked out of the world uh, currency that everybody trades in and you're locked out of it, you have to figure out something else, don't you? Now, Whether you
1: like it or not, your insight is exactly correct.
0: Now, a, a lot of people say, well, another fiat currency is not going to work because all governments print and spend the way the United States does. And if given the chance, they will accelerate just the way the United States does. So it makes me wonder, yeah, maybe fiat currency is not the answer. Maybe precious metals will have a role. And indeed, the BRICS currency, they were talking about at least partially backing it with precious metals. Do you think that's possible for, for precious metals to in that way re-monetize?
1: Well, many times in history, people have tried to use gold or silver or both to as their money standard, the United States was founded on the silver standard in 1792. We didn't use a gold standard for a few decades. We, Our standard was the silver standard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Many people have used silver as the standard. Jesus Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver.
0: Silver, that's
1: right. Not for 30 pieces of gold. Because many countries, many places have used silver. Many have used gold. So people have always looked, looked for something else. So far, no printed paper money has stood any test of time for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. But they're out there looking now. I promise you, Russia, look out the window. Many countries are now looking for something to compete with the U.S. dollar because we have forced them to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what's that going to do to uh, savings in dollars when and if that happens? It's going to be... Uh, chaotic, I think, for some kind of adjustment period when that happens. Um, Moving on, in the past, you've been very bullish on agriculture. Are you still bullish on agriculture? And do you think when foreigners buy up huge swaths of American farmland that that's a concern? Should we be concerned about that?
1: Well, at various times in my investing lifetime, I've been in Bullish on several things. Agriculture has been one, and yes, I am bullish on agriculture now. I can see that we, the US, and the world, world is running out of farmers. I, I presume you're an educated woman. I can tell you are. Not many people you went to school with became farmers. Very few people are farmers anymore in the world. So the world is developing a problem of what's going to happen. You say, is a a problem that foreigners are buying uh, American farms. But if if America says we will not let foreigners buy our property, our land, our buildings, or anything else, what are we going to do? We're going to say to the world, we will not sell you anything. What you just described or what I described, if that happens, is that's further collapse of the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. If we say to people, you cannot buy farms, we got a real problem. We're going to say you cannot buy our cars either. You cannot buy anything. We That's have a serious problem.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that would be a form of capital controls. Um, and worse, you know.
1: than capital controls. If it's if if we say to people you cannot buy products, you cannot asset, but you cannot buy assets in the U.S.
0: Well, the thing about cars is you can move them, but farmland's kind of stays put. So it's like buying up the country one piece at a time. Johnny cash style is my concern. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, you, you bring up some very good points. If we were using them and making better use of them, then maybe they, they wouldn't be sold to foreigners. So that's a good point. Um, You've advised, you've advised people in the past to invest in what they know and then they will know what to do when things go well. And they will know what to do with that asset when things go wrong. Uh, what if somebody feels like they don't know anything? Is is there an asset class out there that is a no-brainer for someone who, who feels like they don't have expertise in if anything?
1: If you don't know what to do, please do nothing. Put your money in the bank and wait until you find something to do that you know a lot about. Everybody watching this knows something about something, whether it's cars or fashion or sport, whatever it is. So if people invest in what they know a lot about, then they will probably be okay. But if you just listen to somebody and things go right, you don't know what to do, because you don't know why you invested in the first place. Mm -hmm. If things go wrong, you don't know what to do because you don't know why you invested. So if you want to be successful, just stay with what you know. If I told you, you can only have 20 or 25 investments in your life, you wouldn't be jumping in and out of things all the time. You would wait until you found something that you know is going to be successful and you would be successful.
0: Good point. Now, how can you tell if something is in a bubble? How can you identify a bubble?
1: Well, I have been investing a long time and I've seen a lot of bubbles. They all look the same. Everybody's saying, oh, this is a great new thing. This is a sure winner. Don't worry. You have to make money in this. And people jump in and out and they call their friends and say, you should invest too. The higher it goes, the more excited people get and want to buy more and more. And if somebody sat down to them and said, well, tell us what it is, they probably can't tell you a very good description of what it is, but they will tell you, oh, Rachel, you must invest. Okay. This is a sure thing. And please, when somebody tells you it's a sure thing and you cannot lose, run for the hills.
0: <laughs> that reminds me of like the tulip bubble. There was a movie on that a little while ago about the the tulip, boom in in Holland that was fascinating and there's a lot of parallels to watch out for
1: well Um, the world's lots of bubbles not just tulips not just Holland not just America we in the US have had a lot of bubbles everybody has at times people lose their senses they think that it's a sure winner and they have to invest because it has to go up when you hear that please put your money away
0: it's just like housing. Yeah. Back then. Um, are you concerned about central bank digital currencies, CBDCs? We've been talking about that a lot at Lear Capital lately. Um, and people are concerned about programmable currencies, uh, meaning programmable citizens. In other words, money that can be turned off by the central bank or, you know, all kinds of, uh, Scary scenarios. Are are you following that issue? And are you concerned about central bank digital currencies?
1: Well, of course, I mean, most central banks, nearly all, every central bank in the world is working on digital currency, electronic currency, computer currency, call it what you will. They love it. It's cheaper. They don't have to transport it. They don't have to print it. They just have to put it on the computer so they can control it very easily. But Rachel, worse than that is, they know everything you do. They'll call you up one day and say, Rachel, you've been drinking too much coffee this month. Stop drinking so much. They'll know everything you're doing. And they love that. I, of course, don't love it. But many people don't love it. But governments love it. It is coming Every government is working on computer money now, and we're probably going to have it. Is it good for you and me? No. Is it good for somebody? Yes, but not me and you.
0: But you think it's coming for sure.
1: No, I'm sure it is. Everybody, all the governments want it. They think it's brilliant. In China, you cannot use money now. You have to, you pretty much have to use your phone. You know, you cannot take a taxi with money in China. You cannot buy an ice cream with money. You have to use your phone. Every China, nearly everything already is on the computer. They're ahead of most of us.
0: Yeah, and they have that social credit system that we hear so much about. Um, you're in Singapore you're though.
1: That too, uh, Rachel. If if you don't pay your bills, other people know it. And yeah. You're going to get a bad credit rating, and you're going to go into the store and say, "I need a bottle of milk," and they're going to say, "Go away, Miss Mills." We're not going to sell you a bottle of milk. We know you're not good for the money or whatever they're going to say.
0: Yeah. But it's coming to more personal choices rather than just finance and whether you pay your bills. So that's.
1: Once they know it, as I said, they love the concept that they know everything we do. Mm -hmm. That gives them a huge amount of control, which they love. I don't, but they love it.
0: Is it like that in Singapore?
1: Well, everybody eventually, yes, you can pay your bills now in Singapore over the Internet. I cannot, but my secretary can. I'm hopeless. But yes, no, many people, yes, can use computer money already in many countries, not just Singapore. It's coming to America.
0: Last question. Um, You have two teenage daughters. What do you tell them about the future and how to relate to money? What's your best advice for your daughters? I have two sons, so I'm curious, what should I tell them from Jim Rogers?
1: Well, the main thing that I try to tell them is if you're going to go to college, only study what you love, don't love what your professors say or your friends, do what you love. And likewise, when it comes to money, only spend or invest in whatever you yourself know a lot about. Don't listen to hot tips. Don't listen to other people. Hot tips will ruin you. Absolutely ruin you. So only do things with your money that you yourself know a lot about.
0: Good advice. I'll pass that along. Jim Rogers.
1: I hope you will, Rachel. Everybody says that, but most people, they get a hot tip and they run off and invest. You know, they hear something on the TV. They hear something in a bar. I hear something at a party, and they act.
0: Oh, they want it to be true. They want it to be true. So. Well, of course.
1: Rachel, I want to get rich fast, too. I want to be rich in a week. But I've learned over the years that's very dangerous.
0: And hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look at Bitcoin and wish that you had invested at a certain point, <laughs> and then it skyrocketed to 60000 um, But you can't know that in advance <laughs> so well,
1: if okay i don't know if i know what i'm doing but i certainly have never bought nor sold bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies because i don't see any reason for them to be money uh, yeah. for anyone if you can find something or you can convince us or teach us all fine i would Rachel, I tell you, I wish I'd bought a lot of Bitcoin when it was $2. But I wish I'd invested in IBM in 1914 also. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wish I had done with hindsight. So be careful.
0: Yeah. If we all had a crystal ball or a reliable psychic, then we'd all be rich. (laughs)
1: Hooray. If you find that crystal ball, call me.
0: (laughs) Well, definitely we'll share it with you. Well, thank you, Jim Rogers, for joining me on the LearCast. I very much appreciate your time.
1: Well, Rachel, it's been fun. Where are you? Where are you sitting?
0: I am in St. Augustine, Florida.
1: Ah, wonderful. It's very nice there. Well, very good. If you ever want to do it again, please let me know because you're good at this. So thank let you. me know, and I'll be happy to try to help.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Rogers.
1: And in the meantime... Be very worried and be very careful.
0: Very worried, very careful. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. This has been the LearCast, a Lear Capital production. Thank you for listening.